Hey, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. I'm Eric Wilbur, joined by my co-host, Mike Specian. Mike, how are you? Eric, I'm doing fantastic. It's springtime. It is. It's it's look, the trees are blooming, and that's that's something that we wait a long time for in New England. Like it's it's once May, the May calendar, the, the once the calendar shifts to May, it's like the blooming starts, the sun is here, the rain will linger, the snow is not gonna be coming so much anymore. People want summertime fun. Right. The, the reality is that as much as we love skiing, we're not going to be able to do it year-round unless we travel from continent to continent or ski indoors. Summer gives us that sort of breather, and it also gives us a chance to still go to our favorite ski areas and, and, and enjoy them in a different light than we did all winter. Summer at ski resorts is a big business now, much different than it was, well, it was probably non-existent 30, 40 years ago, you probably had a water slide here too, right? You had an alpine slide at Atatash. Now, if you don't have these activities at your resort, you're really behind the eight ball. Yeah, I mean, the summer, the summer business is probably as important as a winter business to a lot of these resorts because the demographic changes dramatically. You can get people from inner city Boston that would never dream of going up there for skiing or from New York or anywhere else. I just absolutely love the mountains in the summer, the hiking, the low key type view. It's just so much fun to go out to dinner with a breeze with, with the mountains behind you. Mm -hmm. It's summertime. I've always said this, people move to Vail, Colorado because of the winter. They stay because of the summer. As much as I love to ski, I love the atmosphere in the mountains when everything just chills out. Yep. And and the summer attractions at, at a ski resort are, when, when, when I was, let, let's go back 10 years and I've got three young children and they're not totally into skiing, but one way to kind of get them into that world was to bring them to these places during the summer. To, to ride the, 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 the scenic gondola up to the top of the mountain and to overlook Tuckman Ravine and say, during the winter in a couple of years, you guys will be up here and we'll see this in a totally different light. But to take my, my parents on, on a zipline tour was fun. To challenge myself and take the mountaintop treetop adventure tour at Stowe, my goodness, what, what a workout that was, but what a great way to spend a morning in the mountains. There's just so much variety. And even for someone like you're a big mountain biker, I think I've rode a bike. The last time I rode a bike was maybe two or three years ago. Okay. So it's not exactly on my radar, but that doesn't mean that there's not plenty for me to do up at ski resorts. I mean, you can do zip lining, you can do mountain coasters, you can do disc golf, you can do, I would assume pickleball, right? It's everywhere else. It might as well be in the mountains. All of these attractions are available to you. And it's not like at for I don't want to hang on. Sorry. <laughs> All of these attractions are available to you at the mountains during the summer with a laundry list of, of attractions and, and, and things to do. And it's just, it's a way that we can sort of tweak our ski enjoyment into the summer, even though it's not really skiing. Well, I, I think what the mountains do in the summer that they might not do in the winter is that the whole family can find something to do in the Precisely. summer. Yep. Okay, dad can go play a round of golf at a world-class golf course like at Stratton. Or mom can go to the spa up at Stowe. 
I love it up there. I love staying up there. I mean, staying up at Stowe at in the summertime is probably my favorite because there's less people. Mm-hmm. You can go for a mountain bike ride. I'll I'll get my gravel bike and go out for a, a thirty mile gravel ride, and it's just everything slows down and you get to see what Vermont or the mountains are really like. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways that for for. The audience that we're, we're talking to, most of us are Vermont winter enthusiasts and we're always going. But if you don't necessarily visit the state during the summer, it's a much different place than it is than, say, the fall or, I guess, spring or mud season, however you want to qualify it. It's really laid back, more laid back than your normal Vermont. And it's just sort of a, a very welcoming environment really stress-free. If you want to go and check out for a couple of days and, and you want, you need some peace and quiet to yourself, it's not cliche to say go to Vermont because you're going to find the peace and you're going to find the quiet at a, at a whole host of different locations. It is totally different than any other spot in New England in the summertime where the Cape, I love the beach, mm-hmm. I love being in the waves, is crowded normally. But Vermont just slows right down. Route 100, you can bike it if you want to. You can find a swimming hole in the middle of nowhere. It is truly special. Right. And this is not comparing and contrasting the Granite State and the Green Mountain State and who's better. But I will tell you this. If you are a New Hampshire summer enthusiast, whether that be North Conway, the White Mountains, Lakewood and Pasaki area, you name it, there are going to be crowds, Right. No matter where you go in Vermont, you're going to find less of that. You're going to find less of a sort of big mass of people. There, it, it, people are spread out. People are respectful of everyone's, of everyone's space. And it really is this kind of place that if you're looking to vacation and get away, like get away being the term there, Vermont is, is the slam dunk. In, in the mountains, you are correct. I'm a New Hampshire boy, as mm-hmm. you well know. Hiking in the whites is without peer in the Northeast, maybe the Adirondacks, but hiking in the whites is really the spot to be, but a chance to just chill out and enjoy small towns and a really cool, chill environment. Vermont's the spot to be. It is. So to prime you, to get you ready for vacationing in Vermont this summer, we've got some a couple of friends from Ski Vermont on the program today. We'll have Brian Rivard, who's the director of communication, Travis Bobley, marketing manager. They're going to talk about some of the attractions at Vermont ski resorts this summer and talk about just visiting the Green Mountain State during the next few months. So we will be right back. Welcome back. Joining us on the Basecamp podcast today from Ski Vermont is Brian Rivard, director of communication, and Travis Bobley, marketing manager. Gentlemen, welcome to both of you. Thanks for, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, thank you for having us. So obviously, summer at ski resorts is a huge component of the season. What started with a few water and alpine slides has turned into big business. How has summer season turned into an in- integral part of the calendar for the ski industry? And how aware are resorts on a year-to-year basis on trying to find new activities for the, for the public to, to, to come in and enjoy? No, I think that's, it is something that just kind of continues to expand. And I, I think that is going to continue to be a major area that areas are looking to program into because so much of it is that carrying on that, that stoke and that excitement from the winter season and keeping folks there for year round operations. 
I don't know, Chad, what do you, what do you think? I just lost my train of thought. I apologize, guys. Yeah. I mean, Vermont is a year round tourist destination already. So ski areas just kind of capitalize on that by having summer amenities and summer activities. You see it first with some of our bigger resorts like Killington, who has an entire adventure park and they have downhill mountain biking, one of the biggest parks in the country. And then you also see it at smaller resorts like Magic with an amazing disc golf course. So you can find pretty much anything that you like to do at a Vermont ski area in the summer with, yeah. And I, and I think that mountain biking aspect, like Chad was saying, is such a, almost like a good use case for kind of how this stuff comes about where you have those winter gravity sports and then kind of evolved into some summer activities. And then once area saw that there was a market there, there pe- people are coming to have that same level of recreation and fun that they were in the wintertime that it kind of expands from there. And I think we're seeing a fair amount of that with a lot of other offerings in the summertime as well, where things like even like wetter, weddings, corporate retreats, like you have at Bolton or Magic or Pico and these sorts of things where once you kind of dip your foot in, or toe in the water and see that there is a, a demand for that, then you do see kind of an expansion of that type of program. And I think there's a lot that we're seeing with that right now. And, and a lot of it kind of being, if you're looking for that, the, the big C word, silver lining there with the shutdowns and everything. Mm. We did see that great uptick in a recreational just activity because it was a safe place to be. And I think that's kind of a nice insurance policy for anybody um, if they're looking to get together when they're ever concerned. But it's obviously a little bit hard in the wintertime and all the ski areas and the skiers were pulled that off beautifully. It's even easier in the summertime and it's just a, a great way to get together, spend time. And if you already have that infrastructure there, like the ski areas do with your lodges or for anything gravity fed for your, your lifts, it's kind of a no-brainer. So I think we're going to continue to see that grow season over season. Travis, you you mentioned disc golf. It has grown exponentially. And earlier this year, we had on Smuggler's Notch, and they were talking about their huge event up there. What what other areas have disc golf as part of their repertoire? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that question because I couldn't tell you exactly. <laughs> a lot of our a lot of our resorts do have disc golf. We have a page on our website, Disc Golf at Vermont Ski Areas, that has that list. Let me just look it up real quick. So we've got Bolton Valley. Um, they've changed up their course just in recent years. Bromley has a disc golf course. Jay Peak has an 18-hole course. Magic has an amazing course. They're very competitive down at Magic as well. The Mountaintop Inn has a disc golf course. Okemo. So, you know, the list goes on. Smuggler's Notch obviously has a DPGA tournament. It's a stop on their on their World Series tour. Sugarbush has a has a course, Trap Family Lodge, and then there's hundreds of other courses littered. So it's it's really I I just got into it myself. And it's it's such a great sport because it's it's so easy and accessible. You only need three discs to get started, really. And then you can play anywhere. It's walkable, it's accessible, it's it's just a, a ton of fun. Do any resorts offer pickleball courts? Because I, I heard that's the hot new trend. <laughs> Yeah, growing sport. Pickleball <laughs> is hot. I think I think a few of them actually do. Any resort that that might have a tennis court, please don't quote me on this, I but not, I would no. assume that Mugglers Notch has one just because they yeah. have such a such a wide array of offerings for the summer. I'm sure that in the town of Stowe there are pickleball courts. Same with in Waitsfield, Warren, Sugarbush area. Yeah, I would wager you to say that if they feet. don't have them, they will shortly. Yes, absolutely. So Travis, how is it getting that message across? As skiers, we we're aware that ski resorts are a year-round business. 
but there's a, a, a total different audience out there that you are marketing to that may not necessarily know these places in the winter and not be aware of the sort of summer attractions that are there either at their, at their fingertips or just a, a trip away. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to marketing and advertising, right? You got to get the message out somehow. And we like to say in the business, Vermont is New England's best secret because it is so much fun in the summertime and people don't really realize it. We have beautiful Lake Champlain uh, on the west side of Vermont. We have tons of other lakes, mountains, hiking areas, wilderness areas for camping and all kinds of recreation. And and then we have our ski resorts as as kind of the crown jewels that are all, all scattered throughout Vermont that have all these offerings like spas and hiking opportunities. And like I had mentioned, mountain biking and all these other activities for families. So we always like to say that there's something for everything. And so I think the best way that we can get that message out there is on social media channels. And we work with, Brian can speak more to this, but we work with influencers and media members. Mm -hmm. We invite them up to have these experiences and then share it with their outlets and with the world. So that's really just the best way to do it. And we've also been working to expand our demographics. So Brian, I'll let you kind of take it from there. I'm, 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 before you start that, I'm curious from your, your mentioning that you use influencers. So I'm kind the reason I asked that is because I noticed that in Boston, at least, a lot of sort of influencers on TikTok are getting gigs with Nessun and NBC Sports Boston in terms of these are the people that youths, youths, well, I'm, that's good these, that's, that young people relate to and that they understand, right? Where I may relate yeah. to seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger tell me to go buy something, these kids relate to Tommy Granaro, this, this North End TikToker. So I wonder how does that, how do you do that in, in, in terms of marketing yourself and inviting influencers to come? Because the influencer that is now is not the influencer that was 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. I'll just jump in very quickly because Brian does a majority of this work, but yeah. it's, it's very similar to traditional press trips. We work to create a list and influencers who have a good following get on that list and they come up and then we kind of treat them the same way we have with press trips where we invite them up. We have an amazing experience for them at one of our resorts, and then they go tell their followers about it. But what's cool about influencers is that they're documenting it as it happens, right? Maybe they'll throw together a recap video that comes out a week later, but you're not necessarily waiting for a journalist to write a piece months later, right? So it's all happening now. And I think that's a trend just in the world is everything at your fingertips now, now, now. But I'll let Brian continue. Because he, he does the majority of the work. I mean, first off, I think I, I there was an advertising campaign that had Arnold Schwarzenegger making them turns. I would definitely be into that. So, <laughs> no we'll, doubt. We'll pin on that one. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of echo Travis' sentiment. Like, it's been kind of an evolution from that usual PR, traditional media standpoint. And one of the things you really have been trying to work with in terms of bringing people in is focusing on that storytelling part of it where yeah, we're skiers, so we all kind of get it. And you don't, have to message as much as you would with folks that are not in that world. And so one of the things that we really have been focusing on is obviously skiing has a bit of a diversity problem. I think we all are aware of that is finding those markets that are kind of ski adjacent or those influencers that are ski adjacent that are more along the lines of, Hey, I haven't done this before, but I'll try it. Like those kind of folks, because by default, their audience is going to have a similar attitude where, have you ever thought about trying skiing? No. Okay. Well, let's have Ski Vermont bring you up and we'll 
set you up at one of the mountains and then you can kind of tell that story and to Travis's point organically, it, we don't have that delay. So it is relatively instantaneous, but then I think there's something about that, the value of that truthfulness, which that timeliness also helps with where you're not getting this kind of a spit polished thing where it's like, no, we want you to tell the real experience of, of what you had and what made you leery. Because one of the things that we, I always kind of end up talking about is those, those kind of barriers that we have to skiing where if you look at it on its face, you're from down south, you might not be used to being in the mountains. And all of a sudden, it, like nobody spontaneously jumps off the couch and says, you know what I'd like to do? It's like, I'd like to throw in a bunch of gear that I've never worn before, go into an environment I've never been to before, get on a lift that I've never ridden before. And then I want to fly down that mountain with no, like no experience. Like that's a lot of really intimidating things that have to happen. So by using a lot of influencers and kind of guiding them through that process, they can kind of ease people into like, well, this is what you expect. And if something goes wrong, that they have ski patrol or they have ambassadors, you can help you. So it really is using those folks, just allowing them to tell that story to their audience because it is really impactful. Like you said, it's changed a lot since 20 years ago. Really? So It really has. It just, just the, the relationship that they have with their audience is so strong yes. that the, the whole marketing game and advertising game is literally just changing and journalism as well, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I teach journalism on the side and it's like a, it, it's, it's a yearly kind of thing to keep up with what is going on and how to adapt. So I find, yeah. I find those sorts of things fascinating. So thank you. Yeah. I want to, I want to just jump in and add, cause what you just said made me think of it. We were at the Vermont tourism summit last week and in one of the sessions, the breakout sessions, we were talking about how social media is so personal and immediate. So people will comment on Instagram posts, what time are you open to a business, right? And then people will get back to you. So it is kind of having that very close relationship with your followers that I think is, is a huge change that we're seeing in the industry overall. It has been an incredible change from a 40-year New England ski industry veteran that I am. My head shakes every, every year as how things are changing, how the message is getting out there. The beast of the East still going strong right now. It's great to see everybody flocking there, but they created something unique called the beast 360 pass, mm -hmm. something totally different than anybody else has done out there. Is this going to be the trend moving forward? Can't, can't really speak to each individual mountain, but I think it, it makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised and kind of going to what you had both said about the social media aspect is that personal connection. And I think that's something that a lot of the areas are trying to build on where you do have that, like your kind of home mountain, or maybe it's your annual trip. So I think they're trying to carry a lot of them or continuing that relationship through the summer. So I think it would make sense that, that you'd see something similar to the 360 pass. Because like a lot of folks out there, Travis and I both, we ski and then we also mountain bike. Because you got to get that fixed in the summertime too. And I think a lot of folks are in the same boat. And yeah, I can, I can definitely see that being a, a way that the industry starts moving towards. Yeah. So I do, I hate to be that guy, but it is the 365 pass. Oh, uh, that's okay. So yeah, I carried it too. That was my fault because I put 360 in the, year, but that's the 360 pass works too, because you're, you're, you're right. Around, yes. But, right. Of course. Uh, so that's the 365 pass. I think it's unique to Killington. The extra five um, days are blackouts. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right there. I, I think it's unique to Killington because Killington has two two main factors. One is the year-round 
sports, right? So there's there's a full mountain bike park. It's one of the largest in the country, like I mentioned earlier. And then it's one of the biggest ski areas by area in our state. So they have those two things going for them combined with a community, right? Killington has a massive access road. It has a ton of residents. And so there's people that are there all year round that are that live an active lifestyle. So I think that allowed them to do it kind of first, right? So they have a lot of people that will participate in everything. As far as trends, yeah, like like Brian said, I, I don't know that we can always comment on individual resorts, but we definitely see a lot of resorts developing summertime activities and resorts like Bolton Valley that is getting back into lift serve mountain biking. I would anticipate that if you have a mountain biking season pass, you you could probably package that with a with a skiing season pass. So yeah, areas like that, I, I definitely think they would they would move towards that. It just works out for everybody who who's a local. We hate to talk about climate change in the ski industry, even though we have to talk about it at some point. And we're doing a much better job of that as of the past few years, which is great. But I've read an article, I think it was the Washington Post, that said the ski industry is actually at the forefront of global warming because it sort of figured out that it needs to be a year-round sort of attraction in order to survive. And I think, I think that's very interesting. Does the ability to host activities, no matter the season, give some resorts a head start on what business could mean down the road in, in terms of, and I hate to say this, if the summer season is ever longer than the winter season, is this sort of like the start of that preparation? So you, you've just told us there's no Santa Claus. I don't, that's not, that's <laughs> no, my, my uh, daughter, my, my daughter might listen to this, so please. Okay. Please. Uh, <clears throat> which is a lie. No, I think, I think it kind of goes hand in hand, like a diversification, obviously in business never hurts. So I think just the fact that there's a demand for these kind of activities in, in the summertime, I think kind of hedges the bets there. I don't. I don't think were there no issue with climate change that this wouldn't be happening. I think it's just a natural evolution of people appreciating being able to recreate in this way. I think on the on that part, like the skier, the skiers are really and I'm like you guys are, are both in the industry, so you understand the the adaptation that they're able to do, not with just seasonality, but even with the equipment, I think is allowing them to pivot quite a bit. So I don't think we have to worry much about losing those seasons. I've been doing a deep dive this year a bit into snowmaking and just with the advancements that they've made just in the last five years, it's incredible just how efficient and how low energy and they can be at making snow and they can pivot very quickly. So we saw that a lot this, this season where it was a little sporadic, but because these areas were able to jump quickly and move right over to this run versus this run and as soon as the temperature dropped at night, they were able to keep that pack going. So I think that's, that's something that we're going to continue to see is just that maneuverability. And that's one of the nice things about Vermont skier is that they're all a little bit like small and scrappy and, and it's part of the charm, but it also means like they can solve problems pretty quickly. So I think we'll continue to see that maximizing the winter season as we can, but then also continuing to the summer. And that's certainly not a bad thing because it's more time for people to recreate outside and be on mountain. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a consideration and well, I'll take Travis, I had something else I was going to think about, but what is, <laughs> you got anything to add there? Yeah, definitely. I would echo that it is a consideration, right? It's always on, on everybody's minds these days. And, and I think the ski industry is, is set up well with their summer operations being as robust as they are and, and with investments being made into those. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, to answer your question shortly, yes, it positions them well. But again, I think it's it's a little far off for them and they're more concerned with just 
having fun in the summertime while maximizing fun in the wintertime as well. And in sound of the ping pong back to like you did mention that these the industry is kind of on the forefront and I would proudly point out that I think Vermont ski areas are really, really on the forefront of kind of sustainability and, and moving towards as green as they can, which I think is really important because as skiers, there's fewer people that are going to be more invested in maintaining our winter than we are. So you've got a really good audience to do that. But, you know, you've got Killington's like the largest EV charging hub, I think in the industry right now in the U.S. They have 47 charging stations. You've got the heat capture boiler that's going to be going in up at JP. Yep. Keep the entirety of the pump house, all these really, really great initiatives that I think a lot of people that do that recreation, but also know that they're supporting and, and participating in an industry that really does care, has a stake in this, and is making a lot of moves far ahead of what other industries might be doing in terms of doing what we can to combat that, combat that climate change. The ski industries, the ski areas of Vermont have had some really incredible events in the past. Mount Snow used to hold the World Cup mountain biking. Stratton used to hold the Volvo tennis tournament every year. What are some popular things that are coming this coming summer that people ought to look to? Ah, uh, I'll nail this one. So, <laughs> as we see mountain biking being a huge trend, a few of our resorts are on the Eastern States World Cup tour. So Burke Mountain is one stop on the tour. Sugarbush is on, the, is, is on the tour as well, Killington. So there's a lot of really cool mountain bike races coming up that draw a huge crowd. And then we have the DPGA tour, the disc golf tour, visiting Smuggler's Notch. I'm not sure if Magic is a stop on the tour or not, but you know they have a competitive course as well. And then just events in general, like we have a lot of live music at a lot of our resorts, the JP Jesus Crow Festival and their summer concert series. Killington always has live music, and I think they have a Bud Light summer concert series. So yeah, stuff like that is, is always happening in and around Vermont in the summertime. What do you see, I, I look at it as almost like a McDonald's menu. Like you've got your Big Macs, which would be your mountain bikes, and then you have your filet fish which might be your disc golf, and then you have like your annual sorts of once in a while, like once in a while we'll put a pizza on the menu, or once in a while we'll put a, a fancy- McRib, exactly. McRib. <laughs> what, what are some what are some menu items you see down the road that could be summer attractions? Is it pickleball? Of course. Any sorts of like new little items that could attract a different sort of eye? Yeah, hmm. for sure. Pickleball stuff like that. That's my I mean, idea, though. So, a lot of resorts <laughs> have have pools. Some of them have Olympic pools. So swimming could be a big one. Swimming competitions, diving. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really great golf courses, but that's kind of a staple. That's that's something that's been Can around for a while. Can I make a, a suggestion? While. What's that? I watched a, a a sporting event over the weekend that was competitive drone racing, and oh my wow. gosh, it was just drones wow. racing around oh, yeah. in, in a in a stadium. I would like yeah. to see Vermont be the forefront of that. Uh, I don't know. So drones are tricky. Think, just think about it. Think about it. Yeah, they're not allowed at <laughs> a lot of areas. Because of the yeah. wild. That, that's just red tape. We'll get through that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. In Vermont, you're going to get through it. Right. <laughs> the future home of like combat drone competition. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, like battle bots. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a couple questions. We always have at the end of the winter podcast, we've been having inner insider information. Oh. My, my, my big question here. First, first off, I'd like to know from you guys what the difference is between the winter vibe and the summer vibe at 
Vermont resorts. I'll let you answer that first. I've got number two coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. wintertime is, I think, a lot more upbeat. Everybody's really yeah. jazzed about powder days. And then in the springtime, everybody loves a good tailgate. And so the vibe is just everybody's amped. Summertime is a little more relaxed. People yep. are on vacation. They're hanging out. If you're mountain biking, that's a different story. People get really amped about that. But hiking is very relaxing. Scenic lift tours is very relaxing. So I think you can kind of chill in the summertime, which is something we like to do up in Vermont a lot. And we also have spas and like hot tubs and stuff in the summer that are really beautiful. Outdoor pools are open and stuff like that. So yeah, I'd say like super amped in the winter and and chilling in the summer. I think I think you hit that pretty well. but yeah that does do a lot of energy in the winter time but yeah the summer definitely has that own kind of slow like unwindy pace which is really nice and that's one of the really great parts about mountain biking in the state you can have that really like knuckle white knuckle adventure and then usually finding your way to a a river to kind of cool off and hang out and have that relaxation part i think that that is a big part of it is that it's a lot more just kind of relaxing in, in the wonderful landscape that is Vermont um, and kind of tucking yourself away wherever you can find or wherever you like to find a private moment. But yeah, I think that, I think that is, it's, it's an energy thing. It's very much kind of that nice, easy summer thing that you think about when maybe you're playing a music video and they're like, oh, that doesn't exist. Like, well, it exists here. So I think that's probably a good, good description, Trav. That is a good description. Well, Excellent. well, Brian, you sort of parlayed into question number two, Ooh. the rivers. Okay, this 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 has to be honest. You can't hold back for the listener. The best swimming hole, Vermont swimming hole, holes are the best in the country. You got to tell us where it is. Yeah, they're gonna get me laid up here. The locals are. So I live. I live. It's uh, weird enough. I'm in kind of Jericho by Bolton, and I'm still finding them. And it is very much a you have to know someone to find it type thing. But I think for me, it's it's the what's it by Bolton? Is it the I always mess up the name. Puddles. 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 I really like those and they're really kind of, they're beautiful. They have the waterfalls and those upper pools and that sort of thing. They can be a little dangerous, so you have to be careful. But I'm a huge fan of those, not just because they're close, but they're just so dramatic looking. And then you'll see everybody from guys who are trying to do some guys and girls that are trying to do a little cliff jumping, which as a first responder in times is a little stressful, but then there's the little sandy beaches and you can have, like I do with my toddlers, they can walk around in there. And I think that's a great spot, especially if you're coming off Bolton and doing some mountain biking and just shoot down the hill and then pull off and you're right there. It's beautiful. So I think that'd be my vote. I don't know if you've got one, Travis. I'm just trying to remember. Oh, there we go. So Bingham Falls is really fun right off the Stowe Mountain Resort Access Road. Uh, it's really easy to get to. You're right in downtown Stowe in 10 minutes or you're at the mountain in five. So Bingham's really cool. I also really like Bristol Falls down in, in Bristol, Vermont. Uh, I think it's off 17. That's a really cool spot because there's like a cave um, mm-hmm. that overhangs with the big waterfall. So you can swim up to the cave, get up and sit in it and watch people jump off. And it's got a nice big basin. So you don't really have to have to worry about where you're jumping. It's all It's all pretty good. Yeah, I'd say Bristol and Bingham are, are two of my favorites. 
And there's a, there's a couple more, but I'm not really going to tell you about those. <laughs> 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 back. Excellent. Okay. Triple bucket is another one actually in Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is like, anytime you like driving to Killington, it's always the wrong season, but I always find like spots along that river. I'm like, oh, I'll jump they in there. Like, yeah. Always, always. It's like finding a secret stash oh. along the way, right? You're just like, what? And you're like, there, there, there. Yeah. Down, down, in, Browns, yeah, like, down in Brownsville near a Scutney. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's little hidden spots that are just wonderful spots to hang out and, as you said, chill. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think I think your description of the Vermont vibe in the summer is right on point, perfect. It is. It's a different mentality when you get there in the summer. It's a different mentality when you cross the border, no matter what season it is. But in the summer, especially, yeah. it is. It's it's a, a totally different vibe. I remember going to college up there and, and visiting in the summer. It was just kind of like it was a strange environment because it was my my second home, but yet it was a different kind of vibe. I couldn't sort of connect with. So I'm I'm. Heading up to Vermont later this month. I'm looking forward to the sort of that. This discussion has got me all all vibed up. Summertime. I can't believe we're here, and I, I I'm, I'm excited to get to Vermont and to experience some of the attractions, experiences, and and the the weather and the and the people the Green Mountain State has to offer. So, uh, Brian and Travis, thank you very much for joining us today. Absolutely, yeah, thank you for having us. That was fantastic. I'm going to give you both a call. I'm going to bring the mountain bike up. We'll go. Yes. Log some miles. Please do. Give us a call. Yeah. yeah. Happy to ride. I also just wanted to say that I just drove down to New Jersey for a wedding this weekend. And when I crossed the border from Vermont to New York, the grass was not as green. Like <laughs> the grass really is greener in Vermont. And that is like a true statement. You can, you can quote me on that. And it's it's just beautiful up here this time of year when everything's blooming. So yeah, we'd be happy to happy to meet up with you guys, get a beer, throw some throw some mountain bikes on the car, and and go have some fun. What Let's there's play. there's beer in Vermont? Yeah, we just got it. <laughs> it's the, more breweries per capita than any other state, and some of the best not, beer in the country. Period. I'm gonna say some of the best beer. We're not biased or anything, but you know, of course, we just need we keep verifying. Perfect. Testing out the new ones and making sure. But yeah, I think we still have the banner. So come on up. We'll, we'll take care of you there. Hey, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We're looking forward to seeing you this summer. All right. Thanks, so, guys. Brian Rivard and Travis Bobley joining us on the podcast. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Eric, I have had so many incredible days, summer days up in Vermont, whether it be Burlington, whether it be staying at Stowe or Killington. Uh, it is just an incredible spot to total reju totally rejuvenate the soul. Yeah, I, I will tell you this. I graduated from St. Mike's in 1996, and that summer I went home. And a bunch of my friends rented a home on Main Street, which is actually the new Ski the East headquarters, or right next door to the Ski the East headquarters. And I was there every other week because I remember the sort of just relaxed environment it was like it was just it was a bunch of good friends hanging out and enjoying the summer as 23 year olds my wife my, my future wife also did that hanging out that summer up at mallets bay and she to this day 30 years later will not stop talking about how that is the best summer of her life because of just the laid back way that she was able to learn to do things and in many respects I think that helped her out in the long run with, in terms of just her 
mental health, anxiety, like you name it. I, I don't want to look too deep into this, but she will always refer to that season as one of the most important of her life. One of the most important of her life. And I think that speaks to just how special Vermont is in the summer, that decades later, you're going to remember being there, whether it's for a day, a week, or an entire summer. It, it is an amazing spot. I look back, you think of all the farms of Vermont as you're driving around, or I spend a lot of time on my gravel bike riding the back roads. And every, every time I climb a hill and look over the next knoll going, oh my goodness, this is, this is like heaven. It's such a unique spot. What the resorts of Vermont have done to embrace their communities, their skiing communities, with what they've added there. As we heard, the disc golf has become huge. Uh, we never talked about traditional golf, which is also, there's a golf course everywhere. Right. It is so inviting going away from the traffic most of the time where you would have to wait on the access road at a given resort in the winter. You don't have to do that in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think Travis speaking of going to New Jersey and you know, that the green was the, the grass was not as green as soon as he crossed the border into New York. There, there's something to be said for that driving up North for, for the past three decades. And once you cross that border uh, right at Lebanon, it's like you just have a different feeling and it, whether you put it on yourself or it's natural, it does come to you, and and that's the power of the Green Mountain State, a, a summer destination unlike any other. I know it's cliche, but it, it's truth. Well, in parting on this subject, I was just on the Delaware shore. Bethany Beach, Rehoboth Beach, Lewis, they are beautiful locations. I, I've always loved them. This was in April, late April when I was there, and the traffic was overwhelming, and all I could think of was, what is this going to be like in July? I know if I go to Vermont in July, I can drive down Route 100 without hitting stop signs, without hitting traffic, except for people maybe looking at the scenery. Right. But it's not going to be the chaos that you're going to find elsewhere. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, after that experience, I'm giving two thumbs up to Vermont or New Hampshire or anywhere where you're going away from from traffic. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm heading up there in a few weeks. I'm going to a chemo for, for a 5k and just sitting here talking about Vermont has gotten me all primed up and ready to go. And I, I just can't wait to get back to my second home really, or third home, or I guess if you're going to rank them, we're not going to rank them here. Hold, my, hold it. Hold it. It's our <laughs> first home. We are the new England ski journal. I know. So, but we I, are new new England as a whole. Well, I'm a Massachusetts home. resident though. So if I have to pick homes, then there's New Hampshire and, and Vermont and, and there's a whole thing there that I don't, I don't want to get them. It, the, the kids fight too much. So I just have to <laughs> let it be. Mike, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to a great summer. Eric, welcome, welcome back to the podcast for the summertime. Let's have some fun with it. Anybody that has ideas of stuff they want to know, mm -hmm. send it to Eric because... We're going to have some fun this summer in a different way. This podcast is going to be going through the summer, but then once the fall hits, we'll be hitting a regular weekly schedule, looking for more ideas and suggestions. It's eric.wilbur, eric, E-R-I-C, dot W-I-L-B-U-R, at skijournal.com. You can send me your ideas there. Mike, thank you very much. 
Thanks, Eric. We'll see you in a couple weeks. It was a pleasure. I'm Eric Wilber, editor of New England Ski Journal, and that was the Basecamp Podcast. We will see you next time. New England Ski Journal's Basecamp is a Siemens Media podcast. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.